Welcome to the Financial Dads Podcast with Paul Fagan and Jody Fisher. This is the podcast for all dads who want to succeed with life's topics, especially related to family and finances. Now here's my dad, Paul Fagan. Hey Jody, how are you doing today? Hello Paul, how are you? I'm doing well, fantastic. Um, before we jump in today's, into today's topic, uh, why don't we uh, we'll continue with our coverage of different news stories, right? Timely news stories. I think people were receptive to that uh, new feature within our podcast. So um, we're going to post a couple of links on the Facebook page. And we picked a couple of stories this week to uh, talk about and maybe uh, riff on a little bit. Um, the first story is from USA Today. And, and Jody, the, the headline we both agree is kind of daunting, right? It says, why should you never depend on your partner for financial support? Oh, those right. headline writers. Yeah. It, they get it, us every time. It was very harsh. But then once I started digging into the article, it was pretty sound advice. And I think we've talked about this in other podcasts. But, you know, the whole thing about managing your money with your spouse, um, putting funds away, um, and pe- making sure people um, have access to the monies and such. So I thought it was interesting. What are your thoughts on this, Jody? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the, the the key in that headline is is being dependent on someone else. I don't think anybody should be dependent on someone else for everything, you know, unless you're in the habit of getting yourself a sugar mom or a sugar daddy, um, <laughs> which I am definitely not. Uh, <laughs> but um, in all in all seriousness, um, you can read the article. You know, I I think that that any relationship, including a marriage relationship or a long term uh, partner relationship or money relationship, it's 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 got to be codependent maybe not the right word but you know it's got to be 50 50 it's got to be equal you know and and that doesn't mean that you know both you're going to be making the same amount of money your entire marriage um you know someone's always going to make more um you know we're going to be entering a phase where my wife is actually going to be making nothing in the next few months because she's going to be student teaching as as part of her uh her uh path to getting uh you know a a teaching degree and then getting her full-time uh uh um, you know, but that's a year away. So, um, I think you got to sit down. I mean, that's what our, our whole podcast is about here, you know, is, is sitting down and, um, creating a budget and being on the same page with each other, um, and, and, and making decisions together. Um, so I think you should be dependent upon each other in terms of making decisions together. Um, but it, it all shouldn't be, you know, one person's job to manage the money and the other person's job to just float through life. No, I agree. I mean, I think uh, you hit it on the head. I think there are two call outs from the article that I never really one I thought about and one we follow, which is, can be disputed by some. And the other is very interesting. So the first one is says put put away funds in your own name. So I know a lot of couples um, commingle and everything goes into the single pot. Um, I've talked about this on previous podcasts. Me and my wife do not do that. Um, we do have a centralized pot for the home, but we maintain our separate accounts, which I guess gives us our financial sort of speak independence right um, if you want to call it that but it it does psychologically allow us to manage our own monies so I think that's in our relationship it's been healthy the second point that I wanted to call out where it says make plans to cope with one income this is important and at some point we probably should do a podcast about life insurance the different types how much you should have all those different pieces right and at the end of the day you really should think about that. And it's a hard one to think about, but 
you know, what do you do, you know, if you only if you're down to one income, and that could be for a number of reasons, right? God forbid, um, the different D's of life, right? Death, divorce, dementia, there's all kinds of things, right? Um, health. So making plans to cope with one income is always important, right? So if one of your partners uh, out there disappears, um, you have a, a game plan. So I thought that was kind of a good call out something to think about. But maybe yeah, we'll talk about that in another podcast around life insurance and such and planning. That would be a good one. I thought of that earlier this week. We'll definitely put that on the list for a future podcast. Cool, cool. Okay, great. Well, the second story I want to touch upon today, which was interesting, it was an article in, in Money Magazine, and it talks about Warren Buffett and, and experts kind of disputing some of his golden rules, right? So it's hard to... How can you dispute Warren Buffett? That's the man what I was about to no say. Wrong. How do you dispute this guy, right? <laughs> the guy's a billionaire driving his Buick around town in the same house he, he's had for, you know... 50 years, right? Or 40 years, whatever it is. But there are some interesting things in here that I've heard before. Some are new. Um, you know, the kind of the call out for me is say yes to things that scare you. I think for me, that resonates highly. Um, when it comes to my career, I'm all about that. Um, I'm, I'm not afraid to try different things. I, I'm risk adverse in every aspect of my life, it seems, except for the career, um, which is, that's probably for another podcast as well, or a psychiatrist. But for me, um, saying yes to things that scare me, um, or I think it's smart. Uh, over my career, I've gotten to learn different things, different technologies. I'm in the technology industry. I've been able to learn different things that um, if I had stayed put and, and not scared myself, um, maybe I'd still be staring at you know Windows XP, right? And not knowing how to upgrade, for example. I don't know. But, but for me, uh, saying yes to things that scare me, is very important and another one which i don't do enough of and that is um saying yes to everything until you say that have the right to say no um so i usually say uh so you know what i take that back that one doesn't resonate as much with me as limit yourself to three priorities i think that one's pretty important and there's another one around focus on five things and nothing else and i think sometimes i get to a point where i have too many things on my plate and then my energies get watered down. What do you, what's your opinion, Jody, of these some of this advice that's in this article? Yeah, there's a great article, and I think this is one of those articles that's going to resonate differently with every because they mean different things to different people depending on how you read it. Kind of like the Peloton app, you know, people are going to see different things and they're going to see what they want to see um, in this article. But it certainly the headline certainly resonated with me uh, about you know the the key to success saying no. I think the more that you put on your plate, the less energy and resources you have to do all the things, taking care of the things that are, that you put on your plate voluntarily. Um, so saying no to certain, to saying no to the right things, just as important as saying yes to the right things, really, really important. Um, yeah. And, and the terrific, terrific advice in here. So I think if people should just read it and, and let things resonate with them as they will. Cool. Cool. I'll post those links, uh, to the Facebook page. We'd love your feedback, comments, uh, questions, please shoot them back to us on the Facebook page or the our email. So I guess now we'll jump into this week's topic, which is pretty interesting. I think it's I think someone said is it a ten billion, twenty billion dollar industry? It might be higher. Um, the weekly topic is going to be pets, and um, for us, our current situation is we've really had nothing more than a goldfish in the house or a uh, hermit crab. I think. Um, you know, so in our household now, 
uh, we don't have any pets to speak of. Um, I remember when we got the goldfish, we won it at a carnival, and or my daughter or son won it at a carnival, and then we had to go buy the whole thing to house the goldfish. And he lasted quite some time. <laughs> he lasted maybe two years, I believe. Um, <laughs> so he was well cared for, um, and uh, we had him for quite some time. But nowhere near the work and rigor and cost that it takes to maintain a dog or a cat. Um, growing up, my, my brother had a rabbit for a while. Uh, we had a beautiful dog that lasted 17 years. I, I loved him. It was great. Um, but lots of costs, lots of work. I remember one time, uh, twice the dog got away from us and, um, we had to go running after him from street to street. And finally, in both cases, he went to someone's backyard, came out of the backyard, jumped in our car willingly all of a sudden stinking to high heaven he got blasted by skunks right so ah. we had to get him to the vet and and get him cleaned and and all these different things right so really for us in our life situation and i love like i said i preface it i love dogs i love pets um it's the effort the time the cost and and sometimes it's the time it's the stuff beyond the financial but the financial is a huge part right so for, you know and for me um, if you're, you know, there's all these once again, we talk about hidden costs, uh, pet sitting and boarding of the pet to go on vacation. And if you're not home during the day, getting someone to come in and walk your pet, um, there's all kinds of things, right. Uh, that, uh, are associated with, with pets. And so Jody, what's your current situation when it comes to pets? We have no pets in the house. We have enough smells around here. We have a 10 year old <laughs> boy, uh, and I don't smell much better. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, you know, growing up, uh, I was a, a kid that had, a, I think I had a, like a hamster or two. Uh, there were some rabbits. There was definitely a dog at one point. Um, and so, you know, definitely had animals around the house when I was growing up. And so that was that was part of, you know, my formative years. When I was an adult, um, we, we have had a cat. Um, the cat came with the girlfriend that became the wife. Uh, and that was, she was a great cat. She was one of those uh, cats that stayed a kitten until three days before she died. She was, oh boy. you know, just crazy jumping around and having a good. T she was a good cat, but she was also a mush. You know, she'd lay on your lap. All she wanted to do was, ever, you know, was snuggle and just be by you. She um, she was never one of those um, little, you know, little mischievous like all cats, I think, are. But um, not like a terror cat. I mean, I've met terror cats. I've met cats that are like devil cats. Yeah, most like, of them hiss at me lock them in the basement and don't let them out kind of cat. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, this, this was a great cat. Um, but you know, the, the, the worst thing I could say about her is that she clawed the hell out of the furniture you know, right. over, over the, over her lifespan. And then, and they all do, you know, and that's one of the sort of, one of the realities you got away when you're getting a pet, you know, what's the collateral damage that will be created by the, by the animal simply because they are what they are. Uh, it's not their fault. It's just what they do. Um, so we are petless at the moment. The kids are talking about, uh, and I think I've been talking about since the day the cat died, uh, you know, either wanting to get a new cat or getting a dog or what do we do? And so really, I've been trying to delay things as long as we can, because, um, I'm don't want to be the sole proprietor of this new animal that comes into our home. Um, cause their commitments, like you said, Paul, you know, it costs money, time, energy, 
you can't go into owning a pet lightly and you certainly cannot impulse buy. And I don't think you should buy an animal. I, mean, I know there are costs and, you know, like you got to go buy a fish or I don't know, something like that. But, you know, if you're going to get a dog or a cat, go to a shelter. Um, if, if you feel like you need a designer pet, um, maybe you should get a handbag instead. Um <laughs> That's just, you know, the, the, I don't mean that to sound rude. Well, maybe a little bit. Um, but seriously, get just a, a, a pet is an emotional investment. Yes, it's a money and time investment, but it's emotional investment more than anything else. And I think you really if you're going to welcome a pet into your home, um, you should you should be emotionally invested in this in this animal. And you should, you know, just go to a shelter and, and, and get a dog or a cat. Um and because this also becomes, uh, even though this is a living thing and should not be treated lightly, it, it is a, res- a, a an opportunity to teach kids about responsibility and how to care for a living thing, you know, something other than themselves. And this living thing needs food and it needs water. It needs attention. And it needs to be walked. And, you know, as I say to my kids, who's going to pick up the poop? Uh, I'm not I'm not going to be the only one doing it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so we're so we're. We're in that space right now where we're talking about it. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, I think for us, my kids would love a dog. They've talked about it a number of times. Once again, I go back to the financial commitment, which is not as daunting as the time commitment. I remember going back home uh, to visit my parents. And, and of course, exactly what you talked about exactly is what happened in my household growing up. So the dog was purchased for me and my brother, and my mother wound up being the primary caregiver for that pet right and so she loved the dog dearly but it wound up being her dog at the end of the day we loved the dog we played with the dog we did our uh i'm not even going to say fair share of chores for the dog because we didn't um we 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 took we walked the dog but even when i was coming home from college and and the dog was there you know the first thing the dog would do is he would run into the kitchen and grab his leash off the counter with his mouth and bring it to me like that was his thing. Like he loved, he was a big dog. He loved to get outside. He loved the cold, which I'm not a huge cold lover, right? So no, it's, no, it's, thank you. It's, it was very, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of time and financial. I remember over the years between the skunk sprays uh, and my parents, you know, um, they, they, they did a great job raising me and my brother. Um, but financially, probably, we probably shouldn't have had a dog, um, but we did. And, but it's, it's a lot of money, right? Vet bills and, God forbid, I think at one point he had something that maybe was, you know, $1,000, right, to, to, to fix. And, of course, my mother insisted we, you know, we, uh, we, get, the, we, get, the, we, we get him, fi- you know, we get him fixed. And I don't mean fixed like um, uh, spayed or neutered. I'm just saying, you know, uh, he, had, he had a problem, medical problem, and we, we fixed it. Um, but my father, his attitude, you know, he loved the dog. But, you know, if it was over a certain threshold, he was like, we're going to take this pet for a ride, right? Which is, I'm not suggesting to anybody. And I think he joked about it half the time. But um, for the most part, the pets are a big responsibility. And they're a lot of money. And they're a lot of time. And you really have to be a, a, a pet owner that is aware and go in with your eyes wide open. So maybe we'll go into some of these discussion topics that we have, um, we've thought about, right? So the cost of owning a pet, right? So you get the pet. And I, I remember someone in business once, uh, they were, had, a, had a line that said, it's not like giving me a free beer, it's giving me a free puppy. 
So, you know, a lot of times you see the commercials and, and, and the aunt or the uncle or the grandparents, they bring a puppy to someone's house and, you know, and, and, you know for the kids. And, man, that thank God that's never happened to me. But it a really hepped up on Twizzlers. Red absolutely. dye. Give them red dye. Yeah. They'll be hanging from the ceiling. Absolutely. So, um, but, you know, that cost of owning that pet, which we talked about, you have to feed it. You have to get the accessories. You have to go to the vet. You have to pay for dog sitters, boarding when you're on vacation, new furniture. What, what are your thoughts when it comes to the costs of owning a I pet? Th- I think if you want to try to anticipate the costs of, of owning a pet, the first thing you should do is walk through one of those big box pet stores and look at all the stuff that they've got on those shelves that you will you will buy sooner or later <laughs> associated mm-hmm. with the animal that you want to get. Um, you know, And it looks really cool. Just start adding that stuff up, man. <laughs> it's in the thousands, tens of thousands of dollars over the lifetime of, Easily. of any pet, yeah, right? Yeah. Depending on what you – and that's fine if you want to do it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not dumping on – I'm spending money on a pet. Uh, quite the opposite, I think. If you're going to go in on a pet, you need to go in on the financial commitment of owning a pet. What you can't do is get the pet. And then go, eh, it's not for me. And then dump them off in a shelter somewhere or, you know, or, or, or whatever. Um, you've got to go all in on the pet. Um, you've also got to have, I think, a comfort level other than the financial. Maybe we'll get into this too. You've got to have a comfort level with um, the kind of pet you're getting. I mean, we have a, we have a, 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 a no lizard uh, no reptile policy. Here yeah, we have a no, we have a no snake policy there, in our house. There will not be anything that I don't want in my bed in this house. That's <laughs> and, a good rule of thumb. Okay, if it can't come in my bed, it's not coming in the house. So that basically brings it down to uh, you know dog, cat, and fish, uh, and the fish stay obviously stays in the bowl uh, or in the tank. Um, but even a gold, you know, you mentioned a goldfish before, Paul. I mean, you can, you can get a goldfish and put it in a bowl and okay, great. You get some, you know, sprinkle food in there and I guess it's all good. Um, you can spend tens of thousands of dollars on, on exotic fish and, you know, even not that crazy fish, um, taking care of it. You know, you gotta, you gotta empty the tank out every, I don't even know how many months, you know, clean that thing up. Um, uh, I always think of, um, not finding Dory. What was it? Finding Nemo. And, and how they, they stunk up the tank to get out of the tank. You know, you got to clean that tank, man. Uh, and that takes time and energy and money. Um, walk through a big box pet store. You'll figure out how much you got to spend on that pet. Yeah, and I think you hit something on the head in the conversation. And that's really around maybe picking the right pet, but maybe picking the right pet for your lifestyle. Right? So if you're not a dog walker, maybe you need to get a small dog. That's more of a that trains in the house on wee-wee pads um, goes out occasionally, right? Um, that's small enough to kind of survive in a, in, in a house or an apartment. Uh, if you get a huge dog, you know, I'm talking like 50 pounds or more, that dog's not going to be happy probably in an apartment all day by himself or his, or herself. So, you know, these are the kind of things to think about. A cat, another great option. A lot of people have cats and, um, you know, generally, you know, you have an indoor cat, versus an outdoor cat, so you might want a cat that just stays inside, right? And then there are friends of mine that, I have a lot of friends that have pets, and they have multiple pets because they don't want the pets to be by themselves. And, and when you think about it, it's a pretty fair statement, right? If you get one cat and you're gone all day, that cat is by his or herself. And then, so it may be smart to get a second pet um, where they have a pal to hang out with and 
and scheme or whatever they do when you're not around, right? But uh, you know, it, they it's, drink whiskey. That's they it. They sit at home yeah, and they drink whiskey. <laughs> that's true. I uh, you ever see the Life of Pets, right? That movie. So um, oh, great stuff. Yeah. So you know, I think we'll switch gears here, and there's another interesting topic, and that's pet insurance. I had a friend of mine, a colleague at one of my old jobs. He had bought pet insurance, which I thought was kind of a crazy idea. But then he had bought pet insurance for his dog. And like, lo and behold, like the dog had a catastrophic illness that needed to be treated. And the pet insurance covered it. And I'm talking tens of thousands of dollars to, for, for that this pet was sick and needed vet, veterinarian care and treatments and and they went through like a six to nine month ordeal and the pet survived. But without the pet insurance, man, that is a tough decision. Do you spend $20,000 on your pet? And and there are some people out there and this could really raise the level of email and, and, and feedback. But, you know, some people say there is no money that will that I'll not spend on my pet. Right. It's limitless. Right. Where others will say, look, it's a pet. I, I love you. But you know, if our financial well-being is being is in jeopardy, we're not going to be able to, you know, um, get the pet the treatment that it needs. What are your thoughts when it comes to pet insurance and getting it and dealing with the fact that if your pet gets sick to the point where you're going to have to spend a ton of money to have the pet get better, um, how do you make that decision? I don't see. I don't think you're allowed to do that. I mean, I, I think this is a living thing. And I think, you know, the argument is easiest made with something like a dog or a cat. Right. But animals get um, uh, medical problems. Just they're living things. They have medical problems. And if you're going to get the pet, you need to go in on the the medical upkeep of that living thing. It's a living thing. It's not a toy. It's not fun. Which is why, you know, you know, I say Santa Claus doesn't bring pets, <laughs> you know, um, they're, they're living things. They they become part of your family, um, you know, and we can joke all we want about, you know, the crazy cat lady, you know, thing or the, you know, the the, the person who who calls their their pet their children or whatever. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm not equating animals and children, <laughs> but they do become part of your family. They they are a living thing and you cannot say, eh, you know, $3,000 is too much to get Fido's leg fixed. Let's, let's just put him down. That is completely irresponsible. It's ridiculous. And, and I'm getting a little up here, um, because I'm not that much of like an animal rights person, but, but I do think that when you, when you're going in on a pet, especially if you're, we're talking about, you know, kids and the example you're setting for your kids, um, you can't go in casually on a pet. You've got to be all in on the, care maintenance upkeep and 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 medical checkups and medical maintenance of this living breathing thing that is in your house um you you don't get you don't get a pass on on taking care of this animal just because it's a little too expensive no agree i i think this is one of those things and i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna tread lightly here because uh, this might be our first controversial podcast um so what is that number, though, Jody? That, and I guess that's something. So you said three thousand dollars, which it, it sounds oh, I made, like I made I made that up. Yeah, no, I, no, no. I but, made that up. But I'm I guess saying, if you, you had know. um, and this is where this is a tough decision. I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but you have a pet. He's been with you ten years in the family. He's a family pet, 
and you find out that he needs he's sick he or she is sick and needs treatment and that treatment costs five thousand dollars and you're in the same financial boat that you're in now do you do you spend that five thousand dollars i think you have a moral obligation to do that you got the pet in the first place would you do that okay. to your kid okay ten thousand right you have a moral obligation you voluntarily brought that pet into your house twenty thousand dollars you you have a moral obligation. It doesn't it doesn't go great for me. It doesn't. Yeah go no great no for me. yeah. I just was even though to figure like yeah, at some no, point I mean, like when is it? I'm trying to. That's why I, it was controversial, and I don't want to. Um, uh, I don't I don't want to get too deep into it. But is there a ceiling where you know the treatment is thirty thousand dollars, fifty thousand dollars? I don't know what it is, right? Because I'm hoping that's the worst case scenario. But do you do you is that something that you you spend the fifty thousand dollars? Well, and that's why I go so hard on resisting the the simplistic urge to bring the pet into the house. You know, in addition to you know not wanting to repeat what we had with the with the other cat, you know, clawing the furniture, um, and just you know sort of wrecking everything that's in their path. Um, I I feel I feel maybe this isn't for everybody, but it certainly is for me. I feel a moral obligation to and an ethical obligation to take care of this animal that's coming into my house regardless of what happens um there there does not for me there is no threshold at which it becomes oh it's just too expensive or too inconvenient or blah 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 um you are obligated to do it you stepped up you you volunteered for the job you've got to see it through all the way very cool i i think you might you might have turned my opinion around jody so i'll i'll leave it at that <laughs> so and i'm, I'm you know, yeah. big disclaimer that's not what everybody thinks yeah and i'm not yeah. here to try to convert people into thinking it's funny we we suggested this topic paul i didn't think we we're gonna go here but <laughs> but you know the, i'm not saying that the way i think is the way everybody should think um but but it's certainly but but i feel very strongly about that that you know you you can't because it, it, go, it goes back to what I said about designer designer pets. Like if you feel like you need, you know, just the perfect little chihuahua. I'm thinking of that, you know, uh, uh, what's the uh, legally blonde, you know, with yeah. the, carrying the chihuahua around in the bag. You see these people around all the time. If you need a designer pet, just just go get a get an iPad or get a handbag or get get something. Get get a pair of shoes or something. No, I'm, I um, think. Yep. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I, I think that this really highlights if anything, the money and time commitment and the cost. So you have to be ready for the cost of that pet to typically have no ceiling, right? So anything can happen, right? And I, I know I'm over, I was overdoing it with these scenarios and, and hopefully no one's ever put into that position. But it does open your eyes to the fact that these pets are very expensive. Like I said, my friend, his the cost of his Dog's treatment was twenty thousand plus, and this was back in two thousand two. And he had the pet insurance; he didn't have to make any decisions, right? So, uh, but it's it's a big it's a big commitment, right? So, to your point, if if you have you know just make make sure you understand that to your like you said that the dog, the cat, they're all living things, right? You're gonna have to if you're making that commitment, be prepared for a lot of these different costs and unforeseen costs that might be there along the way, just like with a human get sick pets get sick and just be ready for that uh for that consequence so um i'm going to flip the, the the gears again and maybe we'll talk about training the pet right um i know that our dog uh, we got him to sit stay 
not so much stay, but sit, give the paw. That was about it, right? But I know that there could be a large investment being made by people into training the pet. And there's a cost to it. There's a time commitment. What is your thoughts in terms of training the pet? I guess it's more for dogs, right? Cats, you don't really train them. You can't maybe. train a cat. Yeah, you kind of train them to go in a litter box, right? But uh, but dogs, you can kind of train them. The cat does yeah. what the cat wants to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my grandmother had a cat once. Every time she got out of bed, if she made a left to go to the bathroom, he he'd bite her ankles because he wanted her to make a right to go to the kitchen to feed him. And, there you go. Uh, you know, cats do have their own way. You know, it's and, so uh, funny. And, and yeah, and, so, and I was not a I was not a cat person before I met my wife, and and I just fell in love with that cat. She was just so funny and such a pain in the butt, and uh, she was she was a great great cat. Um, yeah, training. I mean, that I think that goes to there's a financial commitment there, but I think that goes more to the emotional commitment. And that's where we start to get into the place where we talked about before of using this as a teaching opportunity for your kids as well. Um, you know, the kids have to take part in the training. Um, these are living things, like we said, and therefore they, they do their own thing. And you have to you have to train them to do the things you want them to do to not go to the bathroom on your living room rug or, you know, whatever else that is. So it's the walking and it's the, um, uh, you know, the obedience and the, whatever that stuff is, um, you've, you've got to do that. If it, if it comes as part of the pet in part of the DNA of the pet, you've got to go in on that and you've got to go in on that on all levels. Yeah. Agreed. And I think that kind of comes to the, uh, one of the other topics around the, the we talked about hidden cost of home ownership. Uh, hidden cost of pets and and not just the food and the leashes or the litter boxes but the hidden costs of of uh, pets will be pets clawing of the furniture gnawing of the tables um, if you have nice stuff in the house and you have a pet um, be prepared for that nice stuff not to be so nice um, potentially so what what are some of the other hidden costs that you could think of um, that if you bought the pet beyond beyond the leash and the food and the and the veterinarian bills you know veterinarian bills, you know what other costs do you think are, are kind of hidden there below the surface? I think the the biggest hidden costs will probably be in your time and your emotional commitment to this animal. Um, like I said, you know, when I met my wife, she had the cat. Um, she was uh, I, I didn't like cats. Uh, I was like, oh, cat, really? Um, uh, this cat became the most amazing little little buddy that I've ever had in terms of a pet. Um, she was awesome. Um, you get very emotionally attached to these animals. Um, you know, they're kind of like, and I'm not, I, I don't, nobody jump up and down. I'm not equating children and pets. Absolutely not. But. Um, they have the same kind of an emotional impact on you in that they do things and they become they, – they, they, they occupy a part of your personality and your emotional spectrum that becomes all theirs and they define that little piece of real estate in your life um, and they don't let it go. Um, and eventually they leave. Um, and so you need to watch out for that thing sneaking up on you. Um, I did not anticipate, um, how much she would have, that, that cat would have, that impacted me, um, and how much I missed her when she was gone. So I think that's the biggest hidden cost of owning a pet. 
Yeah, I agree. I had my, my childhood dog. I cried like a baby when he left this earth and, um, he was wonderful, you know, but it's funny to kind of end the podcast on a high note. We talked about a mutual friend of ours. Can you imagine this conversation with him when it comes to the value of time and a pet? He'll never own a pet. Yeah. <laughs> right. It'll get him a fish. I'd be shocked <laughs> if he ever got a pet. Maybe we antagonize him enough. He'll join the podcast. But um, yeah, he'll never, you know, when it comes to time commitment, um, the, the pet will eat a lot of your time. Right. Um but it's a good thing. And I think all in all, I mean, to kind of go into a little bit of a recap here, um, after everything we've said, um, pets are great. They're so cool. I, I would love to have one. My circumstances don't allow me at this point in time to, to have one again, but they are great. So dog, cat, hamster, gerbil, um, um, you know, cockatoo, uh, guinea pigs, uh, whatever your thing is, right? Uh, saltwater fish, right? Whatever that is, pets are awesome, right? But just make sure you're prepared for all the costs, both financial and time, associated with your pets. And Jody, what's what's your takeaway from today? Fully agreed. I think uh, a pet is just like any other um, uh, thing that you're going to bring into your life. Be sure that you're bringing it in for the right reasons. Um, uh, be ready for both the financial and the emotional commitment that you have to the pets. Um, and, and remember that they are not disposable. They are living, breathing things that you need to commit to on all levels. Um, when you do bring them in and you gotta, you gotta run it all the way through. Very cool. Very well put. Well, well, Jody, I thoroughly enjoyed our discussion today and I'm personally looking forward to the next one. Thanks everyone for downloading our podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at financialdads at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook. Just go to financialdads.com. So with that, this is Paul and Jody reminding you, managing finances can be stressful, but that's why the Financial Dads are here to help you plan for success. Have a good one, everybody. Be well and thank you. Thank you.